1: Okay, so, Dan, we haven't talked since the Bears spoke on Wednesday addressing the latest staff uh, move. David Walker, the running back coach, was dismissed, fired uh, for a human resource-related decision, uh, event, I don't know, incident. I don't know how to determine it, but human resources was involved. Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles both spoke to that. It's a second staff change. Obviously, we've been talking about it this year in season, which is not something necessarily, um, well, I I was surprised they were as proud of this in terms of the way they handled it as they were, but this does not reflect well on anybody in the organization.
2: No, look, like I I do understand where Ryan Poles is coming from in terms of his uh, want to establish a standard and a culture that is, is pretty set in stone, and that when you when you uh, wander outside those lines, that there are actual consequences for that. And, and to that end, I think it's understandable to feel like, okay, we're handling this the right way. But the problem, David, is is that that you you just you know. You don't want to constantly be praising uh, the, the car for having good airbags that deploy when the car crashes, right? We've talked about that previously. And so I think you're, you're here in a situation where two members of Maddie Bufus's coaching staff have left the building in a six-week span, both for what we understand are our conduct-related exits from Hellas Hall. And you say, what the heck is going on there? Now, look, like Ryan is, is okay to say – we could have swept this under the rug. We could have kept it quiet. We could have, you know, turned a blind eye to it and the outside world wouldn't have known about some of these things that are happening behind closed doors. And, and, and to their credit, they didn't do that. But it, it does not give you confidence um, in the, the, the coach that, that hired these players. It doesn't uh, give you confidence in the general manager that hired that coach that hired those coaches. And there's just a, there, there's so much going wrong right now, David, that, that when you pair that with a two and six record, and a football team that just lost by 17 points on a national stage on Sunday Night Football, you're again presented with that sobering look in the mirror that the Bears are a uh, bottom-feeding football team that can't seem to find their way up the ladder.
1: And you only feel that uh, even more so when they try to explain exactly why they believe in in the culture. Because when you are 2-6, and six, you cling to things like that. And they certainly have done that. And that's the way – Matt Irrefluous responded when he said this when asked if there was a culture issue on his staff. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, so uh, the culture uh, in our building is outstanding. Um, the guys work hard every single day. Uh, the relationship piece is there. Uh, we care about each other, and uh, we're working diligently know, to get this thing turned. You know, we're two and two in the last two games, you know, one game was real close, I had a chance at that one, and we really feel we're turning the corner um, there and we feel excited about this week. Uh but uh, to answer your question, our culture is awesome. <laughs> I I just don't understand why they would use the word awesome to describe the culture and I think a lot of it's awesome is
2: because, and outstanding. Yeah,
1: awesome and outstanding and and I suppose that all that matters is if they were six and two I think you'd be inclined to Maybe agree. And if they were six and two, I don't think we'd be in a position to care as much because we'd be talking about the upcoming game and the playoff possibilities.
2: Yeah, there's no question about that. And the other part of this, David, as you well know, is that there is a lot of stuff that predates this regime that they have to understand, like the agitation in the outside world and the fan base and the audience that we speak to goes back to previous instances where they were so proud of their culture. You remember the very famous end of season press conference where George McCaskey said he was most proud of the previous Ryan and Matt for the way they handled themselves during a six game losing streak. And you thought, well, maybe just avoid this six game losing streak next time and cut right. that off at two. And then we could be proud of, of stopping the losing streak at two rather than six. And so it's just, you know, it's a different version of the same song. And I think that's what creates the elevated agitation uh, in the city uh, a- across the fan base, because they've lived this before and, and they, they just, it's, it makes no sense to latch onto that and, and to believe in it. I, you know, I remember after that year, you know, going into 2000 and, 20 or 2021, one of those seasons where I said, I'll go down to Michael's right now and I'll buy a bunch of culture ribbons and we can hand them out for great culture things. But the, the things that real championship teams are after in the National Football League is the Lombardi trophy. It's the conference championship. It's the, the ability to win your division. And the Bears are so far off from that, 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 that those types of sentiments just they just fall flat and they appear tone deaf and they don't do anything for anyone.
1: It's a bear's tradition. <laughs> Trying to take credit for doing the right thing in the face of adversity more than taking or accepting the blame for doing the wrong things to put them there. And that does predate this regime and this coaching staff and that may be why they're surprised or struck by the reaction to it publicly, but it should be no surprise, and and I think that's what's so disappointing. So, David Walker, uh, running back coach, gone. Alan Williams uh, pre- preceded him out the door back in September. We're told, based on the questioning and the information, that they're not related to incidents. Which I don't know if that makes anyone feel better or worse.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know either.
1: But I but I think that when you look at um, when you look at the big picture, uh, I, I think that you it does. It does raise some questions because about the head coach, because all of these decisions, the staffing decisions are up to the head coach. So Matt Eberflus not only may get to the end of the season and have the losingest record in two seasons as a Bears coach, as any guy who's ever had his job, he'll have this on his track record as well. Right.
2: And and look, like later in that press conference, I asked him directly, David, you know, you, you're you the overseer of a team that is two and six and has experienced far more off-field turbulence than on-field success. And how do you describe the direction of this team? And in a very football-y way, he pointed to the improvement of the defense and the fact that they're stopping the run and that they're, you know, establishing a ground game on offense. Well, and if they can just kind of win the turnover battle, everything will, will answer itself. And it, it it was just like, well, I think you're missing some of the point here. And he seems so proud, David, of this 2-2 two and two record over the last four games of October where you're like, look, the most recent time you played, you didn't compete. You got your doors blown off by the Chargers and the two teams you've beaten, one of them just had a fire sale and got rid of a bunch of their, their really good players. and The other one just fired their general manager and their head coach. So w- what are we doing? Like, w- w- Why are we celebrating some of these achievements when there's obviously uh, s- s- some things that are, are seriously wrong, uh, the exit of another assistant coach is just another again a blemish a flaw and whatever other adjective i used earlier now
1: commanders and raiders are two of the teams that might be unraveling even worse than the bears so <coughs> i think i think that um is a good point to remember and that's why i think it was a little bit surprising to me that when Ryan Poles was asked about Matt Eberflus why he still has confidence that he's the right coach for this team he responded in the way he did and this is the way that Ryan Poles responded to that question
3: and i get the question he, what i see on a every every day where i see him address the team and i see his approach through adversity it is stable man and i know in the outside world it doesn't look like that and i know it looks like we're far away but this dude comes in every day and just keeps chipping away he has high integrity the people that he brings in here he's done the work to make sure that they're the people they're supposed to be. Again, we hold that standard. If it doesn't follow that and, and, and people aren't acting that way, they're not here. But the way that he holds, holds everything down here is incredible for how loud it is, how tough it is. I mean, this team, you could watch them. They fight. I know this past weekend wasn't great, but you can't watch that team and be like, oh, they're going to fold. Most teams fold, and they're not folding. It's been hard. It's been really hard especially from where we started last year trying to build this and do it the right way what i see from him on a daily basis and how he gets his team ready on a weekly basis to me i see a grown man that has leadership skills to get this thing out of the hole and into where it needs to be
1: that's a general manager supporting his head coach at, on november 1st yeah, yeah. because i believe he has to support his head coach on november 1st i don't think that he said anything That guarantees that Matt Eberflux will be back for year three. And I think that everybody uh, around the league in Chicago, uh, everybody except for maybe close confidants of Matt Eberflux and his family would understand if Ryan Poles at the end of the season decides to go a different direction because, yes, two things can be true. He respects and admires the way that Matt Eberflus has handled this team and maybe gotten his team not to quit or to fold in his work. Hmm. And then secondly, think that there's somebody else that is a better uh, coach for this team moving forward because you have to change something when things are this bad.
2: Well, I'm glad you mentioned the date because I checked my calendar when he said this team isn't folding. It's, they haven't played a game in November yet. They've, they've played the September and October part of their slate. They're two and six. I don't think I've been around. I've been around a lot of bad football. You can trust me on that. And I don't know that I've ever been around a team that's folded in October. You know what I mean? The folding comes later when when right. all these things add up and the cumulative fatigue takes you down and guys start making uh you know understandable selfish decisions with a lot of these players now are going to be faced with making uh, when you when you try to determine how quickly to come back from an injury and and what your priorities are going forward. Um so I you know again I'll go down to Michaels I'll go get a, a small gold star trophy and I'll hand it to them for it'll say didn't fold in uh, September or October and I'll I'll put it there in House Hall and they can they can celebrate that but again like there's more to this league than not folding and you have to be competitive and you have to pursue excellence and you have to do what you said you were going to do when you opened training camp. And you remember Ryan Poles talking on the opening day of training camp about raising the bar and and, and setting high expectations and how great teams set high expectations and they chase those. And now if we've lowered it to, at 2 and 6 we're not folding then i don't know exactly what we're doing anymore and and, and so yeah again it's it, you know like my, man like we just sing the same songs david and and it's just like it, at some point this thing has to to, to go in a different direction